Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the All Things Black podcast. This is a live video cast, and it's the third uh, installment of a series that I did with uh, dear brother Afiel Levi of the Forefront Express, uh, and he has his own podcast. We've introduced him several times, um, so, I mean, there's really no more to introduce at this point. But what we want to do is we want to finalize the series. And again, like I said, this is the third um, part. We want to put an ending to the series of what does God want us to bring to the table? Like we started out with the first two um, topics or the first two podcasts. And we kind of noted that a lot of people are having a conversation centered around what do you bring to the table? What does this individual bring to the table? And we did come to the agreement and conclusion that uh, for the most part, a lot of people are talking about very materialistic things. They don't talk about character. They don't talk about um, anything substantive other than the material items. Right. So we've been pretty much locked into this gender war. Right. This. You know, female versus male type of. Um, war. Right that um, has been going on for quite some time. And I think that what he and I are discussing is really the culmination of a question that's been put out in the atmosphere, in the social media atmosphere uh, for a lot of people to partake of. And we are just at the point now where we should really be asking the Most High or the Creator, what do you want us to bring to the table? And I think that's a very serious question. And we're going to try to dissect this as best as possible. And hopefully, you know, we'll be guided in a way by the creator himself to give us some, uh, to help give some really substantive information to those that would be listening to this broadcast. So again, my name is Mr. Black Ovation. I am the host and the producer of the All Things Black podcast. And uh, I just want to welcome everybody who might be tuning, tuning in to say thank you very much. Please like, subscribe, share, leave a comment on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, become a subscriber of the YouTube channel. Um, yeah, we're going to grow this channel as best as possible. And with that, I definitely want to just say thank you guys very much in advance for uh, patronizing the um, podcast episodes that I already have, donating what you did donate and uh, sticking with me as much as possible. So again, with that being said, we're going to explore this question, what does God want us to bring to the table? The last time, right? This is the third part. This is the final part of that series. And I'm going to have that discussion with our dear brother, Afiel Levi. Brother Levi, do you want to say a few words before we start the discussion? Yeah, sure. Uh, peace and blessings to you all. Shalom, most high Christ bless I'm Afiel Levi, the host of the Forefront Radio. I just want to thank you for the opportunity to um, have me on the show to discuss this topic. And I give all praises to the Most High just for the opportunity to glorify him in all that I do and all that I say and uh, in our actions. So thank you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, like I said, it's always been a pleasure, man, to have you on this, uh, you know, on my show. Uh, like I said, I've told you that several times. Uh, you know, for the mere fact that you can add a lot to the discussion, you have a lot of uh, insight, a lot of biblical knowledge, stuff like that. So I think that's very um, great that we can sit back as men and have that discussion and dialogue and things like that. So with that being said, we're going to jump right into it. The question is, 
what does God want us to bring to the table? And I thought um, at the beginning of the program that I would make it very specific this time. I would make it gender specific. So what I'm going to do is we're going to look at that from a male perspective, right? Since males just were supposed to be the leader, since God actually, uh, the creator himself, um, quote unquote, created us first, right? From the dust of the earth and gave us very, very solid instructions in terms of what we're supposed to do uh, going forward. And, uh, you know, just being those men that we're supposed to be from that biblical uh, uh, biblical perspective and, and, and everything else. So as a man, from a biblical perspective, what does God want us as men to bring to the table? And this is before we consider family. This is before we consider anything else. What does God want us to bring to the table, right? Again, not necessarily those material items, because I believe that the material items comes after, and you can correct me on that, afterwards, right? So I think the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you, correct? So um, with that said, brother, can you, can you kind of add to that or give us um, something that will be able to lend to the conversation? So again, what does God want us to bring to the table as men? And we're going to start there. So again, it's just, we're going to focus on the men. Definitely, definitely. I want to encourage all the men, both young and old, to pay attention, take notes, write it down, you know, uh, analyze it, use your critical thinking skills. So I want to start off with a caveat. I always use the Bible to answer the questions. I always use the scriptures. I'll give an example of this. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says this. All scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So one of the key factors of us understanding our ancestry as the nation of people is that the Most High set up the men and established us to be a nation of kings and priests. With that being said, we have to put away the carnal things we learned in this world. We have to put away the modern religion, the modern politics, the way of life that we have thought, and renew our minds back to how our ancestors taught things. For example, when Moses was on Mount Sinai, he didn't give us Baptist, he didn't give us Pentecostal, he didn't give us any of these modern religions that we see that started from slavery and move and progress now. The ancient ancestors spoke specifically for laws, statutes, and commandments from the creator himself. So remember, what does the Bible do for us as a nation of people? It gives us inspiration from the divine creator. It gives us what's profitable, meaning it'll help us in the long run. It gives us doctrine. It gives us correction as men. It gives us instruction on how to be righteous. Now check this out. Verse 17, it says that the man of God may be perfect, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So now think about this. In the world, everybody say, oh, ain't nobody be perfect. I ain't perfect. Oh, you know, I make mistakes. That's not the, the thought process that we should have as righteous men of the Most High, okay? 
He wants us to elevate ourselves to be a superior man, a high value man, a spiritual man. Watch this. These are the words of the Messiah himself in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. He says this. Be ye therefore perfect, even, meaning just like, as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So you see, his words completely contradict the way of the world. The world tells you, oh, don't be perfect. That means be basic, be mediocre, be, be normal, be, be like the other nations. No, the Most High wants us to be strong. He wants us to be firm. He wants, to be, he wants us to be godly. And this is the inspiration that I want to instill in the men so far. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that you use the word high value because that's a word that's actually been thrown around um, heavily, right? Um, in mm -hmm. certain circles and again, the social media and stuff like that. So high value, man, that's very interesting that you would use that word and bring that into what you just articulated um, to the listeners. So mm -hmm. uh, with that being said, so again, you said God wants us to be a high value man, right? Mm -hmm. He wants us to be a high value man. In this world, high value men are, are so, you know, the people, what, what people have been given a de definition of as a high value man is a high earning man, right? High mm -hmm. earning, he has stature, he has you know, these different things that, again, that are tangible in the world. Um, mm -hmm. For those men that may not be able to acquire that, right? That then, that leaves them then not having the title, quote unquote, not being able to live up to that materialistic title as a high value man. So if that's the case, then how can these men be high value men? What is it uh, foundationally that these men that are not quote unquote high earners, what can they do to obtain the status of a high value man? The definition of a high value man in, in Westernized culture is warped because no matter how much money you have, it'll never be enough. You'll have inflation rates that keep going up and up and up. And we as a nation of people were never one to focus on the idolatry of money. Riches in, in, in Eastern cultures were considered your cattle, your re natural resources. These were the things of value back then that could produce. Nowadays, fiat currency is not anything of much worth because if they drop a bomb over here and God forbid, you know, if something happened over here to the United States and is wiped off the face of the earth, you know, nobody's going to be concerned about how much dollars you have in your pocket. The country won't exist anymore. You see what I'm saying? The Most High tells you what value he wants in the scriptures. He tells you how a leader should conduct themselves or a bishop or a teacher or a man. Okay? So, for example, David, King David, right? He told his son, his black son Solomon, right? Who met with the Queen of Sheba who was in Ethiopia, right? He told this man, look, in order for you to conduct yourself as a man, I'm going to show you. It's not about how much riches you can attain. It's not about how much women you can attain. To be a godly and righteous high value man is a man that follows the laws, statutes, and commandments of the creator. Now watch this. Even in the New Testament, it describes what a leader is and how we as men should conduct ourselves. Watch this. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, write this down, young men and old men alike, write this down. 1 Timothy chapter 3. This is a true saying, meaning out of everything that you can attain, this is factual information 
that's going to help you to get it right. Watch this. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, what is a bishop? That's a leader. That doesn't just mean a religious leader. That means someone that's in a position of authority. Okay? Watch this. It says, the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Meaning it's a good thing for us as men to have the desire to not be mediocre, to not be basic like everybody else, to supersede the foolishness of Western society, okay? A bishop then must be blameless, right? The husband of, watch this, one wife. One wife. So think of it like this. Back in the days when you were a CEO or a manager of a company, right? They would look into your history of your personal life. They would say, if you're a man that can be faithful and honorable with one woman, one wife, then definitely you can be faithful with this corporation, with the financial resources, with the employees, because if you're abusive, if you're alcoholic towards that woman, you'll do the same thing with the business. You'll run it into the ground. So family was a direct representation of business. It was a direct representation of culture and how you conduct yourself as a nation. You see what I'm saying? So one, you got to be the husband of one wife. Number two, you have to be vigilant. You have to be of good behavior. You have to be given to hospitality and apt to teach. Not given to wine, no striker, no given to filthy lucre. What's that going into? Not greedy of money. See, in America, the roles have flipped. Men are soft and weak. They're chasing after money. They're chasing after the lust of the flesh. And we're wondering why. Why can't we get ahead? Our value system has been skewed and turned upside down. Instead of the families of faith, family, trust, dignity, honor, respect, integrity, all these things are now flipped. Chasing money, chasing riches. Jealousy, envy, strife, which is why we have so much drama in the community. You see what I'm saying? We can't chase after filthy lucre. But I know you got, I know the, uh, uh, no, the, the wheels, wheels are turning. Yeah, yeah, de so yeah, definitely. Ahead. The wheels are turning. So I'm, de I'm listening, but, but that's why I wanted to make it very specific. This go around and deal with, uh, a specific gender. So we're talking about the men today. What does God want us as men to bring to the table? So we kind of address that somewhat, um, you know, early on. Uh, with, again, you're talking about forms of leadership, being righteous, right? Not necessarily chasing the, the lust of the world and the flesh and things like that. So this, I think this is very good information and very pointed because, again, I believe if, if, if we as men begin to establish that righteous behavior and the substance, that substantive behavior of men, these are things that we can begin to correct, use to correct what's going on in our own communities, right? Because we become the standard bearer at that time, right? We become the strong men like you talked about before, right? Where we won't allow these different things to actually uh, devalue us. And I think that's really what's happening to a lot of us as men. We're allowing these different things to devalue us. And as a result of that, every little thing that can, that, that can go wrong can seep through those little chains, those little crevices, right? And then begin to break down our own community. What, 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 what would you have to say about that? That's a very true statement because, unfortunately, because of how our men have been 
brainwashed to pedestalize our sisters. They're leaving our women to place themselves in positions of authority over them as opposed to them standing in their rightful position as kings and priests. So now what I want to encourage our men to do is think on these things, meditate on these things. How do we as a nation of people better ourselves? How do we stop being weak-minded or uh, 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 allowing our authority to be usurped by our, uh, you know, the other gender? You see what I'm saying? Now, by authority, I don't mean a dictatorship. I don't mean anything of that nature. I mean, yeah, what yeah, I'm please, yeah, please godly. clear that, yeah, clear yes. that up because yeah, we don't want to get to that people. point. Yeah, 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 we right. don't, yeah, because you know, a lot of people are like, oh. Being, being a godly, righteous man, oh, that's toxic masculinity. Listen, I've encountered a lot of different individuals, right? And for our sisters, they say to me constantly, I don't want a man that's too nice to me. <laughs> Sometimes a man that is, there's nothing wrong with a man being direct, being confident, and being assertive. That's, that's what I'm getting into, you know? Using your intelligence to get the desires of what's good and what's pure, okay? Remember last time when we talked, right? We, we got into Proverbs chapter 31, right? And one of the things that Lemuel's mother to, uh, told him was that Proverbs chapter 31, you're cutting out, you're cutting out, you're cutting out, you're cutting out. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you now. Okay. Where did it last leave off? From what I can remember, you talked about Lemuel. Yes. Okay. So King Lemuel in Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 3, his mother told him this, Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. For it is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Okay, so we as men, as husbands, as fathers, part of leadership is understanding the importance of sobriety, okay? A lot of times we like to drown our sorrows in the Black community with illicit drugs, whether it's uh, cocaine, marijuana, alcohol. These things were given to us as a nation of people to inebriate our minds from elevating ourselves to a higher status. So part of cleaning ourselves up is getting our black men to see, look, and not just black men, but Latin, everybody in the diaspora, blacks, not Latinos, Native Americans, all our people to see the importance of getting themselves together. Okay. When we allow ourselves to get spiritually drunk by the ways of America, and physically drunk by alcohol and all these things, it blocks us from that deep connection to the creator. I'll give an example. If you're driving in the uh, middle of the road, right, it's pitch black outside, and you have lights on, what is the purpose of the light? What does it do? Illuminates the road ahead where you can see. Mm -hmm. Exactly, perfectly. Perfectly. 
You, you said that succinctly. It illuminates. It lights up the things. Now watch this. The word of the Most High says the same thing. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23, it says this. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and the law is light. So a lot of us right now, we're not operating by any laws. We don't have any divine principles on how we interact with relationships with our women, how we interact in relationship with our children, how we conduct ourselves as men on the earth. But guess what? The Most High said it ain't hard. I got a playbook right here for you called the Bible. You read that thing and it'll give you instructions on how to be a man, how to be a father, how to take care of your family resources. Okay, all these things are, are here in the commandments of the Most High. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. I got you. Um, as I'm as we're doing this uh, podcast, I got a couple of people that actually reached out to me. So I'm going to ask you a very specific question from one of those um, individuals. OK, so um, what does God want us to bring to the table biblically and spiritually? Let me let me let me, let me ask that one more time. Biblically and spiritually, what would God have us bring to the table? Because God is interested in his word, not so much in our lifestyle, right? So kind of, kind of address that question. So it's like, you, you follow me? Does that make, kind of make sense? Yes, definitely. Okay. Okay. What I'm showing is, uh, through the scriptures, is that the importance of obedience to the creator is what's going to direct our households aright. What does God want you to bring first initially? Watch this. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 16, it says this, Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. So the first mindset, as a prince of the Most High, as a man that's going into the kingdom of heaven, is knowing, look, the ways that I've obtained in this life of seeking after material wealth, physical possession, lusting after women, uh, drunkenness, violence, all these things are evil things that we have to first put away. And after we do that, God will enable us to have the spirit and mindset on how we can care for our nation, how we can take care of our people. It starts first from for renewing your mind. That's what you bring to the table. Not your riches, not your wealth, not anything. You come before the creator and you say, look, I used to deal with this, this, this. I want to purge myself of these things so I can better suit my nation, that I could better help my people, that I can help my women and my children and progress as a nation of people. That's what's going to get us off of black on black crime. That's what's going to get us out of uh, baby mama, baby daddy drama. That's what's going to get us out of the high divorce rate. We're going to stop being weak. We're going to stop saying, look, this is how our households are going to be held. Watch this. Genesis chapter 26 gives us uh, a key point of our forefather Abraham, right? Many of the top religions on the earth look to Abraham as the father of all things. Watch how God describes Abraham. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 5. It says this. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice. What is the voice of God? This Bible, right? 
Abraham obeyed and listened to the voice of the creator guiding him. Watch this. And kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. My laws. That's what you're going to bring to the table as a man. You're going to realize this instruction manual called the Bible tells us what to eat, tells us what to wear, tells us how we conduct ourselves in marriage, tells us how we build up our relationships with our family. All these things can be found in this Black history book known as the Bible. This is the answer to your question. But you what know, we bring to the table. Yeah, 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 definitely. But, but you know, one of the things that uh, I think some people may have an issue with is the fact that some of that, st again, still seems as though it's restrictive. And again, it kind of does supposed to be restrictive, right? I believe the Bible does say, you know, broad is the road that leads to destruction and narrow is the road that leads to salvation. So, yeah, you're going to be restricted in a, in a ton of ways. But at the same time, you don't want to get to a point where it's legalistic and not really internalized. So again, you want to make sure that what we're talking about is something that is internalized, right? So we can actually move accordingly with that spirit. So yeah, so if you are in a place where you can literally begin to hear the voice of God to direct your steps, that's kind of what we're talking about in terms of, you know, what does God want us to bring to the table in terms of leadership with men? Because we got to be in a place where we're humble enough and submissive enough, which is another key word, uh, as men to be able to be directed because we're not going to be in a place where we can actually lead if we cannot be directed ourselves. I, I believe um, militarily or even in places of work, in order for you to be able to excel, you first have to humble yourself and get under somebody else. Is that correct? You got to get under, under somebody else's tutelage or, um, you know, have someone to teach you. So, uh, you know, except you become, you become as a little child, correct? And men have to learn how to do that because sometimes our ego can get in the way of true leadership. And that leadership, again, is the only leadership that's in town. And that's the leadership from the, from 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 God himself. So that's why I said I want I really wanted to make this very specific for for a very specific reason, because if the leadership is supposed to be. God, man and so forth. Right. And it's supposed to trickle down, so so to speak then we have to begin as men to begin to try our best to align ourselves with these different principles and the different things that um, we're supposed to, uh, you know, we're supposed to be doing that way we can try to find a way to begin to fix what's ailing our community. So I'm, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and speak on, on that. I agree wholeheartedly. The reason why I say that is because right now we are literally in spiritual warfare. We're fighting for the lives of our people. We're fighting for our wives. We're fighting for our children. We're fighting for our people to get to a higher state of being. So part of that is understanding the love that we should have for one another, right? Christ himself said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, as a king in his kingdom, he's instructing the warriors how to operate in the correct thought process. Love is an action word. Love is not just speaking it out of our, our, our words and our rhetoric, but actually showing it by what we do, right? So understanding that we're in warfare, part of that warfare is putting away 
the the entanglements of this world and fighting against it. Um, watch this. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier, as a good soldier. So part of what a soldier does is get training, right? You start off with the basic training. You start off with that instruction uh, manual that they give you, the handouts, and then they start putting you through drills and steps that you need to take in order to be firm. So now, imagine that the Bible is that that uh, drill manual, right? That a soldier will use in order to learn how to go to war. Most people, believe it or not, have not read the Bible in its entirety. They think it's just a fairy tale book. But when you actually read and examine it, and you find out that it's a Black history book, you're like, "Hold up, this is talking about me," and and you're realizing what our ancestors got wrong and how we can get it right. So part of that now is enduring hardness. Part of that now is, is being firm, being strong and collected and saying, you know what? No matter what that happens to me, I'm going to still stand firm as a man and hold on to these divine principles in order to help my people. So watch in verse four what it says. No man that warreth, meaning nobody that goes to war, entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Think about that. Think about, consider that deep in the recesses of your mind. If I'm a general of uh, a vast army and I'm instructing the men to say, okay, look, we're going to go in this direction and we're going to do A, B, C. I can't then turn as a leader and say, well, let me turn my head away from what I'm instructing the men to do and involve myself and entangle myself with another affair. We're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to do that. So how can we apply that in our personal lives? Let's say, let's use relationships, for example. A man is not going to involve himself in a position where he's guiding his household and gets distracted by an affair with another woman. They call it, quote unquote, entanglements nowadays. I don't know what that means. That just mean adultery to me, but <laughs> they'll go and turn away from establishing their own seed, their own bloodline to dip and dab and jump around. And no, that's not how we're supposed to conduct. We're in spiritual warfare. So if you know as a fact that the institutions that we live under are purposing to destroy our families, you know, not to get into any specifics, you know, I don't want to name no names. But we know that the higher powers that be have used their resources and energy to destroy our families. Now we got to say, look, what was it that they were putting in front of me to, to block me from being able to take care of my family? Think about during the 1960s, right? What came that distracted us away from our families? The drugs, right? They start sprinkles of white women on them, sprinkles of white women on them, right? the infidelity, the whoredom, right? They started uh, uh, sending letters back and forth to religious leaders, causing them to, you know, fight amongst themselves and political leaders, whether it's the Black Panther Party, whether it's, you know, all these organizations, right? To, to diminish them from the goal of taking care of their families. 
Yeah, all of the things, jokes. all of the things that would definitely be able to distract um, a a man and a um, someone that is a leader, right, from the goal of you know liberation. So, so, so definitely, you know, you you mentioned, uh, you know, the drugs. You mentioned bringing in, you know, um, you know, some of the um, some of the women, right? You you know, mentioned a ton of things that actually, you know, you know, again took men off of the path of trying to be men and trying to be great leaders in their own community. So yeah, I, I totally understand that. But we're at a time now where that is a is that an all time high. So I agree with you with the spiritual warfare. So again, it's incumbent upon us as men to try our best to try to, first of all, to try to keep each other in line. Right. I, I I do wholeheartedly agree with that. So when you see your brother out of order, you you mentioned something like I see a lot of young men walking around with pants and you know their pants down and stuff like that. I mentioned to them, and I won't be like harsh about it, but I will be stern about that and what that creates, what kind of imagery that creates, what kind of perception that creates, things like that. Right? Um, that's minor in a sense, but again, all of us as men need that correction, and we need to be corralled as men, right, with each other, putting that group as men as each other to try to keep each other on a straight and narrow. I think that's a big portion that's that's mentioned that's missing among among a lot of us, right? Where you know we you know don't mind stepping on your brother's toes. Let, like, listen, man, you know you you're out of order right now, and there's too many of us that are allowing other men, um, and 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 some you know for the most part, including ourselves, to get away with things that we shouldn't be able to get away with. It's this is a society of of hyper individualism, where people feel like that this is me. I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm not necessarily tied to the collective. So yeah, so that definitely needs to be straightened out. But again, that's why we asked the question on this particular um, subject, what does God want us to bring to the table? And we wanted to do, I wanted to end with the men. There's not going to be any sisters or anything like that. We're talking about us as men because the, the, the burden, uh, not, I, I guess I shouldn't say burden, but we're supposed to be the one that's shouldering the community at large doing the heavy lifting, doing the things that are necessary to keep our community intact and in order. And I think one of the things that is definitely missing is the fact that we, as men, since we, since you mentioned spiritual warfare, I don't think we we really understand the level of warfare that we're under. As, as men, as black men, I don't think we really understand the level of warfare that we're under. Because if we did, I think we would actually come together and start to understand that business is warfare, and we would start to understand that we need to start developing businesses and start to do trade and international commerce and things like that and just start to spend our money within our own group because, again, business is warfare. So if we're not creating businesses and, and institutions and things like that for our children and our wives to partake in, we're still losing the battle. So, yeah, we can have everything that we're talking about now, but if we don't put that into practice, right, practical application and do the things that are necessary that a lot of other men are doing in their own community, we're still missing out. Hey, that's a real statement too. And, and I consider the fact that with, with that being said, a lot of us, instead of trying to work collectively, we in turn, like you just mentioned, have that individualistic mindset of not trying to deal and reach out to the diaspora in our communities, like the uh, uh, people of the West Coast of Africa, where many of us know that, you know, the slave ships came from. 
whether it's, uh, you know, Angola, whether it's, you know, Ghana, a lot of us don't decide to say, hey, let's go back to those places and create businesses there. As opposed to, and, and also here, we still have that divide and conquer mindset where we think we're different groups, whether it's Panamanian, African-American, Jamaican, Haitian. We don't see ourselves as a collective. We don't see ourselves as the, the, the lost tribes of Israel that the Bible speaks of. So that's going into what we mentioned in previous episodes about knowing who we are as a nation of people. Um, and then into this particular topic of cleaning our men up and getting them to see that the, the uh, systems that we live under purpose to introduce the drugs in our community, the uh, uh, promiscuity, the foolishness that many of our men fall into that end up uh, uh, destroying us, which is why I went earlier to the office of a leader. What, is, what does a leader do? A leader keeps his mind sober. A leader is not a striker or a brawler. A, a leader is quick to instruct and apt to teach. But in order to teach others, we have to humble ourselves and learn again. We have to renew our mind. That's the whole part about being born again. People think being born again is just you splash yourself with some water and wop, babaloo, bop, you know, you're good. You know, no, that's not how it is. We're supposed to renew our minds daily. We're supposed to, to, fill our minds with spiritual thoughts daily that will guide us. Okay. Um, I want to start a business. How can I incorporate my people in the process? Okay. If I know for a fact that I can build trust amongst brothers, right? I will deal with a righteous man that says, if I drop a, a thousand dollars right in front of your face, you have the mindset to say, I know the Bible says thou shalt not steal. I'm not going to take from my brother. I could literally drop a stack right in front of somebody. He's not even going to blink at it. But that goes into discipline of the mind. You see what I'm saying? If I'm a leader of a uh, organization, right? And I know that the uh, government structures that we are under try to place uh, women in uh, the group to dissuade us from our objectives, I'm going to say, you know what? I have one wife. I'm not going to go off and commit adultery with another woman. I'm not going to bring shame to myself or the organization I'm dealing with. So that way they can't di diminish our objectives. All these things relate to us being sober-minded, renewing our mind, being born again, and working together as a collective. That's how we bring ourselves to the table of being strong, righteous men. Got you, got you. So in essence, um, well, well, let me let me let me say this part. Yeah, that's that's exactly the direction I wanted you to go and begin to talk about. But yes, there is a scripture that says, "If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face," right, uh, which is a big thing. And that's the other thing about it too is that in this world, in this world that we currently live in. That is not a thing that is, uh, you know, like, how, how can I say it? That, that's not a thing that seems to be like very heavily promoted because, again, you're talking about different generations. You're talking about following the bag. You're talking about getting the purse. You're talking about everything else that kind of, like you mentioned earlier, takes us off of that square, takes, off, takes us off that direction. 
So um, can you can you kind of expound upon that particular verse? Yeah, definitely. And what that means um, in relationship to us as men. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that particular scripture, I'm glad you quoted it because it popped into my head right when you said it. It's Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. For all the listeners, write that down. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And it says this, and I'm glad you brought this point because it's going to relate to us completely. It says this, if my people, who are God's people according to the Bible? The children of Israel. That's who we are. That's who we be. So he's specific in who he's directing this message to. The Blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans that are listening to this particular podcast, we're directing this information directly to you so you can learn how to fix our communities, how to get off of drugs, how to take care of our families, how to be strong, resilient men. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, how do you humble yourself? You go before the creator of all things and you say, you know what? I'm going to put away my foolishness, the drinking, the lies, the fornication, the adultery, the, the, the black on black crime, the thievery. That's how we humble ourselves as a nation of people. We realize what our ancestors got wrong and we go back and fix it. Okay. Humble themselves and pray. A lot of things. A lot of times people are not humble enough to acknowledge that, yes, there is a creator. Yes, there is a reason why we suffer the way we suffer as a nation of people. There's a reason why we deal with generational curses as a, as a collective is because we never acknowledge that our ancestors were the ones on Mount Sinai that said, everything this Bible say we will do. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So once we realize that, we got to say, you know what? I'm going to humble myself, fix what my ancestors got wrong, and seek my face. What is seeking the face of God? Seeking the face of God is turning back to this Bible, reading it, analyzing it, studying it, just like you used to study arithmetic in school, just like you used to study the ABCs, just like you used to study politics or whatever branch of science or education that you use, just like you used to study how to run your business. Whatever you do, you have to return back to this book and say, you know what? I need to seek the face of the Most High God, my God. And then it says, and turn from their wicked ways. That goes into what we were talking about earlier, about the sobriety that needs to be uh, placed, about the fidelity, the faithfulness. You see what I'm saying? Put away their wicked ways. Then, watch this, D. It says, then, so after we do all of that, the Most High is like, then, Will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land? So there's hope for us as men. Our society as a nation of people won't be destroyed. If the sun fall out the sky right now, our nation will no longer exist. But since the sun, the moon, the stars still exist, there is hope for our people to get it together and get it right. The Most High says, then. Okay, so there's an action that precedes the reaction. The action is, I realize that I'm God's chosen. I'm realized that I'm special and unique. I'm realized that I have a purpose as a man to lead my nation, and I'm going to do it the way the Most High tells me. And by doing this, 
we will heal our people. The Most High says, and then, and then will I forgive their sin and will heal their land. I hope that in some way inspires somebody. All right, all right. So we got, um, and thank you again. So we have about maybe less than 15 minutes left, okay? And like I said, I wanted to open this one up and be very specific and use um, a very specific gender, and that was that was us as men. Uh, because I believe, um, for the most part, we have fallen short in our duty. We have been derelict in duty in a lot of ways. And, and I think just acknowledging that um, can, you know, put us in the mindset of, okay, well, what can I do better? You know, first acknowledge that, you know, I'm out of step, I'm out of sorts with my creator, and I'm out of tune with myself, you know, which is another thing. I'm definitely out of tune with myself, myself, and I am, you know, wayward, you know, just to be totally honest, I'm wayward. And, you know, try to put us back into a place where, we can, you know, be in favor, you know, with the creator, be in favor with the God, you know. And uh, I just think that we are at a place now where we need that more than anything else. And I'm talking about individually and I'm talking about collectively because we are hurting each other. We are hurting each other as brothers. First of all, because we don't see each other as brothers, right? Flesh in my flesh, bone in my bone, you know what I'm saying? And just like you said, you should be able to drop a stack, you know, a thousand dollars in the pool of a lot of men and, and don't have to worry about somebody taking your money, right? Going into your home and trying to, you know, do something with your wife or your children, right? We shouldn't have to worry about that. Unfortunately, you know, we do live in that society where a lot of us are very predatory. We're very animalistic. We don't see the benefit, right? Of actually looking into your brother and say, well, well, Hey, you know, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing something very inappropriate, but, you know, that definitely has to change. And I think for the most part, because of everything that's happening, you know, you're talking about the weather, you're talking about um, these circumstances that are coming about. These things are going to make us or going to force us to look at ourselves, right? And look at your brother, because at one point or another, we are going to need each other. And it is going to take us actually being very um, humble and very spiritual to be able to to do that. Cause you got to think about it. Let's just say for instance, something comes about where a group of us has to get, has, has to be in one room, but the food shortage, right? You bringing people into your home, but you got to establish some kind of law. You got to have some kind of leadership to make sure that nobody's stealing the food. Nobody's stealing anything else. And nobody's doing things that's out of the sorts, right? Because you're talking about survival and we are at a stage now where we really are at a place of survival. You know, it, it, it's incumbent upon us to try to get ourselves in order because, again, you're really talking about a state of survival. But with that being said, we got about maybe seven minutes or so left. I'm going to allow you to have the last words and then we'll go ahead and uh, close this out. Going back into what you just mentioned, it's heavy. That's a heavy, heavy point. I want us to consider. 2005 when Hurricane Katrina occurred and a lot of our people understood then now the importance of working together as a collective. A lot of our people understood at that moment of, of trial where 
people were on the roofs of their house, houses trying to just survive. People going on top of boats and, and traveling to distant places and knocking on doors and saying, hey, is everybody alive? Is, there, is everybody doing all right? That is how we should operate in loving our neighbor as ourselves. A lot of times people think loving our neighbor means we got to love Chinese folks. We got to love white folks. We got to love, we love everybody else. But then when it comes to ourselves, we lost in the source. We don't really, wait, there's no, there's no love there. We have to come back to understanding the true meaning of what loving your neighbor is. And I'm going to read that verse. Uh, Leviticus 19, verse 17, it says this. Thou shalt not hate thy brother. This is your own people. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thy heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor, neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. So notice what this verse just said. It correlates your brother, meaning the people of your own group, as your neighbor, right? That's what we just read. It says, don't hate your brother and don't be afraid to guide him, to instruct him, because you're operating out of love, not because you uh, uh, have any animosity. You want him to get it right as a man. You say, look, bro, I understand what you're going through, but I'm going to help you get it right. Verse 18 gives us the point. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. The children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So who is your neighbor according to the Most High? The children of thy people. Tell that to the black man that's shooting another black man. Tell that to another black man that's going and fornicating with another man's wife. Tell that to the black man that's not taking care of his kids. Tell that to the black man that's uh, 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 irresponsible in his actions. You were made to be a God. You are not made to be a nigga. You were made to be God's prince, king, and priest on the earth. With that being said, I love you enough to tell you, hey, here is how we as a nation of people, can get it right. Love one another as you love yourself because the Most High said it. And that's my two cents. Keep the change. <laughs> All right, brother. Um, so again, we are winding down and uh, thank you for coming on and uh, giving this uh, final uh, piece to this question. Um, what does God want us to bring to the table? Um, you know, that hopefully that piece that was missing. So for the people that are listening, for the people that will look at this podcast, uh, video podcast, um, you know, understand that we are having a dialogue, understand that we may get some things, um, you know, maybe not right. Uh, maybe there's a different perspective out there that may, uh, be utilized, right? Uh, but the but the fact that we're asking that question, because to be totally honest, I'm not really hearing or seeing a lot of people even ask that question. They're still on the question of what do you or what can I bring to the table? Right. Nobody's really asking the question about what does God want us to bring to the table? And that's why I decided to, you know, to come up with that question. And uh, hopefully it will spark more dialogue centered around that. What does the most high or what does God want me to bring to the table? 
right? And it'll do something about the perspective that we're looking through right now, that that particular lens that everybody is kind of trying to look through and say, hey, I can one up you. I don't necessarily have to bend in that direction because I, I got more than you or, you know, maybe I have a degree or something like that. And I think that's immaterial at this point. Um, talking about all of that, because to be totally honest, uh, that can be taken away uh, really quickly, relatively, really, really quickly. And then what did, what are you going to say that you are bringing to the table? You know, these things come and go. There's the ebb and a flow to it, right? So you got money, money goes. You got your degree that may stand, but at the same time, you could be, end up working at Burger King or something. So you can't sit back and talk about the material possessions that you have only, solely and only that you can bring to the table. There's got to be more substance to that question. And that's why we raised the question, what does God want me to bring to the table? Right. So with that being said, I thank you guys very much for listening at this conversation between myself and Brother Levi. I thank you again, Brother Levi, for, you know, for, you know, uh, coming on this podcast uh, like you do, like you have done many times. And hopefully this will not be the last time. And for those that are watching and those that may watch, remember, go and check out the recent episodes in my podcast, All Things Black Podcast. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, you can find me on, um, again, YouTube, Instagram. You can find me on uh, Twitter, right? And um, if you feel as though, you know, compelled to give your two cents, make sure you leave it in the comments, right? Make sure you let us know how you were feeling about this particular episode and, uh, you know, we'll go from there. But above all, thank you guys for, for watching. Thank you again, Brother Levi. Thanks, thank the, the audience that was sending me questions, right? And uh, having me deal with certain things, I definitely appreciate that. But uh, all, you know, above all, man, um, think about that question. What does God want me to bring to the table? And uh, we're going to be out. Oh, before I forget, make sure you follow Brother Levi, um, the Forefront uh, Express, Forefront Radio. Uh, all of his information is at the bottom underneath his name. He is also a podcaster. You can find him on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. He also has Twitter and he has Instagram, right? And um, support, support, support black independent media. Please do that. We need to start telling, talking about our own narratives. I'm not of the mindset where we're going to get on here and talk about junk or berate anybody or, you know, you know, devalue somebody or something like that. I, that's not that's not what this platform is about. So um, if anybody think that that's what's going to happen here, you're sadly mistaken. But yes, thank you guys for watching and we are out. Appreciate that.